Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I'm up. I'm ready for an exciting show. I can't wait for the live Kevin and Bean show. So don't let me down. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy. Four, five, six. B I G. Have you ever wanted to lick your cat? Would you believe a, a girl from L.A. would love Bill Withers? Here's the thing. I don't know and I don't care. I do not understand what is going on right now at all. You sound so ignorant with your generalization. Yeah, what was what was up What was up with that? Brady on dirt, 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 dirt. Brady on dirt, 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 dirt. Brady on dirt, 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 dirt. All hail Supreme Leader Kevin. And now. As I, what I love to think about this is a, it's a puzzle. And each of every one of us is an interval piece that puts a big fish. And once we're all together, it puts a big picture. So it lets us to see the big picture. Yeah. Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It is uh, Monday morning, the 8th of October. Uh, excuse me. Where have you been? Sorry. Rocktober. Right? See, you've missed all of Rocktober so far. So you got to get up to speed, man. Sorry, man. Welcome back, Kevin. What's happening? Window liquors. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's great to see you. Many of our listeners are very concerned. Whenever one of us is out on holiday, they are convinced that the show has broken up. They are convinced that mom and dad are fighting. Uh, Wait a minute. Just let me just butt in. Mom yeah. and dad are always fighting, so just it's all right. Right, but they're st- <laughs> but they stay together for the kids. Right. <laughs> and Allie, how many times did you have to explain? Uh, it's just it's called vacation, folks. I I got to the point where I was like, hey, you know when this happens every year? You know when they take vacations every year? Pretty much at the same time every year, too. Right. Yes. Exactly. And I explain if they were to take it off at the same time as each other, you'd have no show. So which would you prefer? Hmm. And then I didn't like that answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were enthusiastic. They were fine with no, no show. show. And then, of course, poor Jensen. He's stuck in the middle. He gets a lot of you're not my real dad. Yeah, who's Judson? <laughs> so who's this stupid Judson? <laughs> you get Judson a lot? Yeah. He's got a Jetson is my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's got to deal with all that. But it's all hands on deck for an all-new Kevin and Bean show. And I'm very excited uh, uh, about a lot of things on today's program. But I want to start with this. Jetson, I'm so glad you're in here. Mm-hmm. Among the many other things that you do, including, you know, your get up on this podcast, including the Drop the Mic TV show on TBS, you have been for many, many years a successful art gallery owner. Yes. Gallery 1988 here in Southern California. And you're the guy we need to talk to bank about Banksy with. I, I do know a bit. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let, let me start the story, and then you wait, and then I'll have you weigh in along the way, because it's one of, am I overstating it if I say it's one of the craziest things that's ever happened in the art world? It is that. 
It is that. Kevin, yes. do you know about this? I know nothing about this. Oh, then you're going to love this so much. Right. Here, we, here we go from the CBS Evening News. We end tonight in London where a painting by the mysterious street artist Banksy was auctioned off last night for more than a million dollars. Okay, so let's back let's backtrack for folks who don't know Banksy. He's predominantly known as an anonymous street artist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. He, no one has ever technically seen his face. He's, oh, really? He was at the front of street art uh, when it was just kind of becoming more than just writing your name on it. He became sort of a political uh, commentary, and he's just he's t- technically the king of stencil work. If you've seen stencil the on the side of the of wall, stencil work. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you've seen a stencil of a character or anything like that's all kind of derivative of Banksy. And um, thank he, you, Judson. There you and, go. And he uh, he. Was Works all over the all over the world. Basically, his stuff can show up anywhere, and nobody ever sees him put it up. And then people he's, have an, to, he's an art ninja. He is. He, mm-hmm. and, and then and then he started making like prints and paintings available of some of his stuff, and they're they're astronomically popular, right? Yeah, and he started in the UK, and then he, he's had two shows in Los Angeles. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt bought a bunch of work. He's become sort of the uh, the main artist to collect. All right, so I'm going to go back to the beginning of the story and we'll find out what happened to this million-plus-dollar painting. We end tonight in London where a painting by the mysterious street artist Banksy was auctioned off last night for more than a million dollars and immediately self-destructed. Roxana Saberi has the story. And immediately what? self-destructed. What? This is awesome all of a sudden. Awesome. Didn't care, didn't care, didn't care. Holy crap, I love it. $1.4 million, Kevin. As soon as the hammer came down, a shredder inside the frame had the took the piece and just shredded it just like in your office. Down down the frame, two-thirds of the painting That's is, the best thing it, I've ever heard. It's gone. Can so you here, imagine winning that? And you're like, yes. Well, here's the thing. It started to beep, which is like actually, to me, the scarier part That's of terrifying. it all. Terrifying. As soon as yeah. the gavel hit, beep started to go, and then it, it shredded the kind of cool part about it is, and I don't know if Banksy picked it this way, it didn't shred the whole way. Which is weird. It went like halfway, so it's a painting in a frame that goes halfway then becomes shredded pieces of paper. Is it possible that that's the art? Well, that's the thing. So, oh, then, well. so then yesterday, it came out, he posted a video of a few years ago. Okay. Him hiding, he claims. Well, yeah, he claims hiding the shredder in, inside of the frame. <sighs> and he says if it ever goes to auction, it will. It, I'll set it. And Why? He... Does he not want it sold? Yeah, he hates when his work is sold. Oh, yeah. okay. And he also thinks it's insane how much art goes for. In auction, mostly, ridiculous. yeah. yeah, yeah auction. He'll do his own art shows and stuff, but he thinks the inflation of a Sotheby's or whatever, 1.4 million, is like no one should be paying that much right. for my paintings. But um, that theory about him putting the battery, I assume it would need a battery, right, in the shredder yeah. year, years ago, how would the battery still be good? Wouldn't it have had to be changed at some point? I, you would think, again, Banksy has been beyond logic for so long that I've just, I've let go of it. I mean, he's such a good artist. The problem is, is a lot of people have, like, made it their personality. So, yeah, not, I mean, it's like an Urban Outfitter shirt at this point. But <laughs> he is still so smart and so, he's just above and beyond anyone. His movie is so good. If you ever want to see... Uh, he oh, made yeah. a movie called Exit Through the Gift Shop. He's great. just a really good artist, and this is just another example of him being ahead of everyone else. And it's all perf- those people that feel the need to, like, get to the bottom of this battery thing, let it go. That's not the point of Right, you're missing the point. Let, <laughs> let it be magic is he, what you're yes. saying. He either had a long-lasting battery or someone changed it. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. People. Right. Let me play a little bit more because I have a couple other questions. At 7 for 
Moments after Banksy's painting sold for nearly a million and a half dollars, it started falling through its frame, emerging in shreds, and setting off an alarm. A post on the artist's Instagram page hints that he pulled off the prank. The caption reads, going, going, gone. Banksy later posted this video online, revealing he had secretly built a shredder into the frame years ago, in case the painting was ever put up for auction. It's not clear how the shredding started or who shot this video, showing the shock sparked by the spectacular stunt. Now, he would have had to have an accomplice, I assume, in the room, right, to hit a button? Mm-hmm. He has a whole team, yeah. Does he? Or, or can you remote do it with a phone, cell phone or something? Uh, he has a whole team. Wow. Yeah, he's always doing... T- I mean, This his- is so the opposite of what every other artist in the world does, which yeah. is, yeah. I want to get as much money as I can. No, he does not. And his, one of his most famous pieces is called Morons, and it's a picture of sort of a traditional auction house, and they're auctioning off a painting that just says, I can't believe you guys buy this S-word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Kevin, uh, to your question, about the buyer, the buyer, and the number one and number two buyer were both on the phone, so they were not. Oh. they were not there. We were not able to see their face. Sotheby's auction house is brushing off suggestions. It was in on Banksy's latest trick. All right, now let me ask you about that, Jensen, because that's an, and sorry, Allie, there are people questioning this because it was the last painting auctioned off, number 67 for such an important artist, a lot of people are saying they knew this was happening. I would never think he would include them. I think he sees them as the elitists. I think he sees them as the idiots. I think it's it, he. the reason that that went last, in my opinion, is it's Balloon Girl, his yeah, most overexposed painting ever made. Mm-hmm. It's the one that has been used in like college dorm rooms. It's like the one that he picked it on purpose. So this painting would have always went for too much money, and so it was. It would always be sort of the main event. Okay, uh, but I, I cannot imagine he would include an auction house. It's, that it's makes a lot of hates. sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, final clip. Banksy collector John Brandler says the ruse has only raised the artist's prestige. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was the it was the best publicity stunt he could think of. Sotheby's has not revealed the identity of the buyer. Rena, you might think the artwork would now be worth less, but some art collectors predict the prank will actually cause the painting's value to rise. <laughs> they are saying it would be worth less, an that's idiot. Awesome. Of course it would be worth more. That would be the one that shredded at Sotheby's. They are uh, now saying it could be worth over $2 million yeah. as a result of this. That's crazy. Yeah. That's his whole life. His he's whole, a genius. He's a genius in that. He's always been ahead of the curve. Uh, and even if someone had to use it as confetti, it would be the most expensive <laughs> confetti. Now, did he do that knowing that it would eventually be more expensive? Or was he really just trying to make a statement against the elite blah, well, blah, if blah? Well, if the painting didn't come all the way out and it went halfway, I'm sure he knew where it was okay. going, yeah. But it's if it was crazy. supposed to go all out, then I don't know what you would have been taking home other than some uh, yeah, pieces would, of paper. It, yeah, it would have been in a, in a glad bag or something, right? Here's your painting. <laughs> crazy story, Kevin. you got to watch the video. It's insane. It's unbelievable. All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we? Don't mess with my cheese, bro. Right? Uh, Jensen's YouTube find is a feature that we have. Yeah, I can't believe I found a way to turn this into a job. How about that? Me at 4 a.m. just staring at YouTube videos. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a bit that needs a better name, though. I'll tell you that. I'm working on it. I don't know. I like it. Uh, Matt Money Smith talking about the Dodgers in the playoffs. What a game last night. Bumped. I mean, it was a great game. Great game. And by yeah. the way, t- t- not not worried. Not worried about the Dodgers beating the Braves. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, great news because it is Monday. What's the citizenship test? Why are we taking that? This worries me. <sighs> Sit tight. 
Kevin, I, sit tight. Because I'm going to fail that miserably. Oh, yeah, then we're deporting you. Oh, yes. is that what I'm yeah. <laughs> Apparently, only a third of Americans can pass the U.S.'s and ship test. I guarantee I'm in the other two-thirds. Okay. Guaranteed. Um, we have, uh, did you guys see the UFC fight? 229, Conor McGregor? Well, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov? I just, just, let's just call him Khabib. We're never going <laughs> to tackle that Russian name. Uh, I didn't uh, get the fight because, you know, it was on late for me. But um, I obviously... You know you can record it, it, right? And, just, and see okay. the, but sporting, uh, we've talked about sporting mm-hmm. events on tape, Kevin. They don't have it. You know what I mean? They don't have it. I mean, again, I'll just say, if you don't know how it ends... Yeah, I know. I hear I can't same. wait to talk about it. Again, okay. it's uh, as crazy as the Banksy story is, this is as equally crazy in the world of UFC. It was insane. Yeah. And it was worth every penny I spent on it. Couldn't have been happier. But they could promise me that every single time I'm in. You know what's awesome? I didn't spend a dime, and I still got to see it. <laughs> you went to a friend's house? No, I just no. watched the clip the next morning. Oh, I see. All right. Yeah. Uh, and Andrew Siliano from the NFL Network will uh, join us to uh, recap NFL Week 5. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Monday morning, Allie is here with our first look at what's happening. Good morning. Good morning, you guys. See any movies this weekend, Kevin? Did Venom? Shocked. Right. And <laughs> super disappointing. No. What? Super disappointing. No. As soon as yep. I read that it was dumb and loud, I thought nope. Kevin is gonna love it. Oh. No, because you know how Marvel movies walk that line of remember the first um Iron Man? Sure. It was great. It was great. The humor came out at natural places mm-hmm. and you really laugh. Yeah. They tried to do that Ooh. with Venom because the monster talks to him. He right. can hear it. And about half the time it was scary and about half the time they tried to be funny and weren't. Oh, dear. Yeah. It was a bummer. Ah. Uh, How was uh, Ali's boyfriend Tom Hardy's performance? Though? Fantastic. He's amazing, Okay, right? He was better than the movie, yes, by yeah. far. Well. But, oof. Oof. Woof. Right? Yeah. That's my point. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, October has kicked off with the biggest weekend in box office history. That month of October. Biggest weekend of the month of October in box office history. I think you're saying the same thing now. Yeah, because okay. Venom, uh, whopping $80 million this weekend, you guys. That's the new top opening for an October release, followed by A Star is Born, which earned one of the top 10 largest October screenings ever. $42.6 million start. That's not bad because apparently the budget was about 36 to $40 million, So they've already made it back. So I and think I, they're probably I, thrilled with that. I feel like A Star is Born is going to have legs, too. By yeah, the way. I for think sure. that one's going to be playing you know, well into the winter. Absolutely. Uh, number three, Smallfoot. Smallfoot. Still don't don't really know hmm. what that is. I Fall- think it's an animated movie about a kind of a a, a little Bigfoot. A maybe? tiny foot. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, followed by Night School at number four and rounding out the top five, the house with a clock in its walls. Oh, I'm so bummed, Kevin. I thought for sure because a lot of people, the, the critics were not loving Venom. Oh, they weren't. But... Uh, the I think the cinema score from the audiences was a B plus. So I thought maybe this is one case where the the, the critics yeah. got it wrong. But I, I mean, it's possible I was you know I've been sick for a while. It's possible I wasn't in a good mood. Sometimes that affects it. But mm. it just felt like they tried to be funny and weren't. And it was like a giant swing and a miss. Yeah, it's like Some- a home run hitter in baseball that strikes out. Every once in a while, and that's Marvel. Yeah. Hit home run, home run, home run, and then they got to this one, they struck out. 
Great oh. special effects. I, I'm not even sure who he is right now. He's making <laughs> baseball analogies. Great. Yeah. Baseball's the best sport to make analogies. Though. Okay. It okay. is, yeah. Uh, but great special effects, great mm-hmm. acting. Everything except for the comedy that they tried was uh, good. Okay. And that was terrible. All right. Back to you. Has anyone checked in with Omar about this situation? Situation. Oh, no. I, I, that's a great point. We should see how he's dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Mike, the situation Sorrentino. Sorrentino? Sure. He's been sentenced to eight months behind bars for tax evasion. You guys, this could really change things. I don't know how. Um, he will have to surrender to authorities um, in 30 to 60 days, but until then, he's free. So not sure if this affects Jersey Shore at all. They've been, I think it was one of the main storylines was it leading up to him possibly being sentenced. But you got to figure, sentenced to eight months, what does he serve? One? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. I just I just hope he's doing okay. Shocking. What do again. Whoops. Shocking to see one of those guys go down, right? Right. Shocking. Seemed quite brilliant. Mm. <laughs> God, he could have evaded that tax for a long time. No right. one checks. You know, um, he's not the first reality star who thought that that money arrived from the TV show Tax Free. Remember the Richard Hatch who won the first Survivor? He ended up going to jail. Oh, same thing. For, for, he won that million dollars and thought, hey, I have a million dollars. <laughs> kind of forget the government's junk. You don't think they really believe that, right? That was just what they said. I mean, look, I don't know. I assume. I'm, clearly, they're not taking care of their taxes, though. I don't know that anyone's that dumb. Yeah, I yeah. think you have to actively avoid paying yeah. your taxes. Right. I would think somebody at CBS would have sat Richard Hatch down and been like, here's the deal. The government right. will know you got money. Yeah. It's on TV. (laughs) So Ariana Grande posted a photo, and fans were immediately noticing something in the background of that photo scene. Ariana Grande? Her, yeah, seemed very, very interesting. Caused quite a stir. Background. She posted a photo with what appeared to be an infant's crib or playpen Uh in the background, and people were like, oh! What? Baby on the way. Maybe <laughs> this is why she's been saying she's not going to tour. This is why she's trying to stay a little bit off social media. So a fan said, why is there a baby crib in the back, though? To which Ariana jokingly responded, uh, my secret child, duh. And then Katy Perry was confused and wrote, what are you cooking in the crib? I don't think you... I don't know. Maybe Katie needs to, think to sit down and crib. find out a how babies are made, and mm-hmm. then once they are made, you don't you don't cook them. Well, Ariana decided to explain, and what a bummer! It's for Piggy Smalls, their pig. What? <laughs> they have a crib? They have a crib. What? For Piggy Smalls? Come on now. Come on, that's the Come greatest on ever. Now, that's absurd. People just flipping out that she is possibly with child. I'm just like, nope. I mean, they've been rushing this thing since day one. I'm surprised she doesn't have a baby already. Get pregnant and then deliver four weeks later. Absolutely. I don't know if that's how it works. It doesn't, but she's in a rush. Oh, because of the rushing. They do stuff fast. Got it. Got it. I just found it really funny that she (laughs) had to explain that it's for her pig. Piggy Smalls. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Good times. Hey, some birthdays for you. Travis Pastrana. Bella Thorne, Nick Cannon, Matt Damon, Chevy Chase, and oh, I know he's Bean's favorite, Bruno Mars. (laughs) And that's what's happening. 
The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. One thing about my man Bean is that he gives blood every three days, and yeah. I think that's really admirable. <laughs> it's a gift. It's really cool. <laughs> you know how some people doctor shop? I blood drive shop. I just drive around and look for anybody to take my blood. He actually hey, just likes cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on a new weight loss program where I'm just losing ah. weight six ounces at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin brings it up because tomorrow is our annual K Rock blood drive. We look forward to this every year because it really is, as I say every year, it is the easiest way to literally save someone's life in just a few minutes. Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday is what it's called this year. It's going to be the Hollywood Park Casino. Our friend Brad Williams is going to be down there hosting along with Beer Mug, and it starts at 5.30 a.m., so this time tomorrow you could be down there giving some blood, and we're giving out great prizes, including tickets to the next K-Rock No Limit Comedy Night, uh, Queen Mary's Dark Harbor tickets, L.A. Comic Con, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, Danny Elfman's Halloween, The Nightmare Before Christmas at the Bowl, and lots of K-Rock shows, too. So great prizes for a great cause Details at krock.com, but tomorrow, Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday, at the Hollywood Park Casino. Go on by. All right, Jensen Clan, uh, Jensen Carpus here. Sorry, I was, I was talking about your Twitter. <laughs> Thank God, not just calling me Clan out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the new feature that we got. What's it called? Uh, well, it's got a very catchy name. Okay. I found it on YouTube. I found this on YouTube. Do 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 on YouTube. Do 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 on YouTube. Do 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 on YouTube. <laughs> All right, the theme song made it. I love it. You doubted it. I now love it. Oh, really? It's a, quite a comeback for that name. Uh, <laughs> this week, I was in just a total spiral on YouTube.com. Okay. And I found something that I think means a ton to society. Wow. It's mm-hmm. a bold claim. Oh, gosh. I, I watched hours and hours <laughs> and hours of it this weekend. His name is John, but he goes by Report of the Week. He'll say it. That's his name? That's what he goes by. And he has an aura of mystery surrounding him, so much so that we don't know his real last name. Okay. All we know is that he's somewhere in central Florida. Now, his YouTube channel is called Report of the Week. That's how you'll find it. But he's often known as Review Bra. Which, as what? Review bra? Like, what a like bra? bra? Yeah. Okay. It was okay. a name given to him by the internet, and now he's taking it on. He has over a million subscribers, and arguably is he's one of the most important food reviewers in the country. Thank God we've got that. That's right. You see, his reviews are of fast food items okay. and energy <laughs> drinks. Uh, and he might be, and this is just a feeling that I have, uh, a creepy ghost time traveler. Okay. He could be 25 years old. He could be 13. He could be 65. <laughs> You'll have no idea by his look. Uh, and he's very pale. He's a skinny boy man. He has a hair part sort of in the middle. He wears um, three-piece suits always, oh, even in wow. his personal life. They're always just a little bit too big. <laughs> uh, I, I think the best way to be exposed to Report of the Week is to just listen to him. Here's his review of Taco Bell's Nacho Fries. It's important to know that he opens every single video with the same intro, and he's mostly sitting in his car. This is the first clip. Hello, everyone. This is Running On Empty Food Review. Well, I'm over here at Taco Bell this morning, and while it might not be morning for you, it is for me. I got here at 9 a.m., and uh, this is a this is a major release. This is a huge release. Everyone's talking about it. You could find it. All the media is talking about it. There's the hype. The hype. Everyone's hyping it up. 
It's going crazy here. You can see the line already wrapped around the building. Uh, there, was, there, was, there was no line. No uh, line. No line behind him. Complete. He said they were going nuts. Yeah, there's nothing going on. Okay. Uh, he always talks like a newsie. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's the accent he's got going on? I don't, he might be from Mars. <laughs> no one knows. Uh, then we watch him silently eat nacho fries for about a minute. Uh, his feelings on a good fry is clip number two. These fries do have a nice crispy firmness to them, which is good. That's what I look for in a fry. You know, you don't like the soggy fries when they're just you know, floppity, they're flopping around. Right. It's no fun, of course, to eat. And, of course, you have to find that perfect middle ground where it has that firmness to it, but it's not overdone and it's not overburned. That's what he's talking about. Mm. Now, you might be asking, who watches this? Who right. watches this? Who watches this? 2.4 million people watched oh, him eat those nacho fries. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he is making not just the living, a great living. Oh, he's making thousands, uh, like tens of thousands of dollars a month. <gasps> yeah. A uh, few other things you should know about Report of the Week or Review Bra. He's always drinking out of his own container, and it was recently revealed it's because he loves the water at Starbucks. What? what? He, he pays for the water at Starbucks because he says he's done tests and says that that's the best water. I was at a Starbucks and somebody came in and got water and I was like, this is the weirdest. I went back and told my daughter, this is the craziest thing. This, so why would they come in and get water? It might be because wow. of report of the week. Huh. Uh, one other thing, he sleeps during the day and is awake throughout <laughs> the night like a vampire. Love it. So like he falls asleep at 10, wakes up, sleeps all the way through. He lives with his parents. I know that's a shocker. Uh, he also has a cat, also a shocker. Uh, he's just started this in his early teens reviewing energy drinks here he tries cheese you know i haven't been a fan of their nacho cheese and uh, i like the fries right now as they are i don't think they need the nacho cheese but there you can see a ceremonial dish full of nacho cheese (laughs) and uh yeah we'll dip it in all right we'll see if it amplifies it you know maybe it will do you you guys think it amplifies it i'm sorry uh how many people uh, that was 2.4 million on that one. Okay, does it amplify it? Uh, yes. All right, let's see. Right. I would say the sauce isn't mandatory. Now, it comes with it anyway, whether you like it or not. It's up to you whether you want to use it or not. He's right. Okay. <laughs> He's definitely right. I mean, yeah. he does have a point. It's up to me. He also, Bean's going to love this. He has a short-form radio show. Uh, so basically, you can uh, go and listen to it. It's V-O-R-W that he broadcasts every single week. He has one of those short ra- shortwave radios. Oh. Uh, and, and case- oh, listen. Oh. Bean just came awake. <laughs> yeah, it's a shortwave Go on. Radio. And basically, if you're not in the year 1923, uh, like Bean, you can get it on SoundCloud. But he basically plays old music and talks. He's just an old human being stuck uh, in this young oh, body. I, uh, I have a shortwave radio, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be no, no problem picking that up. It's very easy. Uh, like any translucent man boy who looks like an anemic Clay Aiken, <laughs> he gets trolls. This is him reading one of the troll comments on his YouTube. Stingy. Salmon hair. Frog. Donald Trump. Elf. Chin leaper. TF eyebrows is this bony skin forehead big as my posterior no offense I'm not trying to be mean but this is all true facts but hey I'm judging from the outside he could actually be a pretty cool guy so don't hate on me guys or my favorite Hmm. clip when he ate a Popeye sandwich and it was the worst thing he said he's ever reviewed. And he said a sentence that I believe deserves true infamy. My disappointment is immeasurable. 
And my date is ruined. Uh, listen, you can look him up. Report of the Week is his YouTube. He has over 600 videos online. Popeye's Ghost Pepper Wings, McDonald's Garlic White Cheddar Burger, Domino's Pan Pizza. Those are some of my favorites. That's my king. Uh, he's a yeah. god. He should be, uh, literally, he should be worshipped at his throne. And that I found on YouTube. I found this on YouTube. Do, 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 do. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. First, though, our good friend Matt Money-Smith back on the phone. He is the co-host of the Petros and Money radio show on AM570 LA Sports, which is your Dodgers station, and also the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. Congratulations on your big win yesterday, Matt. Yeah, it was a great atmosphere, and I believe it was my, let's see, 10, 13th, uh, 13th game, no, 15th game at StubHub Center, and I saw my first fight to female Raider fans. Way to go, Raiders. Stay All right. Throwing haymakers at one another. First fight at uh, StubHub Center. So, well done, Raider fans. Well, congratulations. All right, so you had Thank a win... You had a win in the afternoon, not so lucky following the Dodgers at night, but still uh, no reason to despair. There's a lot of things that went right for the Dodgers last night, too. Yeah, it was just one bad inning, you know, a half inning for Walker Bueller, who really had been their best pitcher uh, since he came off the DL. Young dude, 24, throws like, I don't know, 150 miles an hour. <laughs> and, you know, the Braves just hung five on him. In, uh, in a half inning, and they, you know, recovered from that. Like you said, that's the good, right? You rally from that kind of hole, and you tie the game up. And, unfortunately, they lose 6-5. Look, it's, it's hard to beat a team three times. I know the Brewers just did it to the Rockies. Um, but it, it, this is, today's the big one. If they can get this win today, they can still set their rotation where Kershaw gets the ball in game one, Walker Bueller gets it in game two in Milwaukee. You come back, and, and Hyunjin Ryu pitches game three because he's, he's been so dominant at Dodger Stadium, and you're good. Um, lose today, and that's when it gets a little tricky because now, you know, Kershaw's got to pitch game five, so you don't have him available for games one or game two in Milwaukee. And, you know, the Brewers are just sitting there having swept the Rockies, setting their rotation, and resting all their relievers, and that's the best bullpen in the in the game. I want to uh, go back to the Walker-Bueller thing for just a second because there are two interesting things that happened. One is this kid who hit the Grand Slam is 20. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing when you were 20, Kevin? Throwing rocks at my neighbor, Robbie Joyner. <laughs> He's hitting a grand slam in a playoff game at 20, first of all. And second of all, have you ever seen anyone walk the opposing team's pitcher on four pitches like he did? What did he do? He he, he yeah, walked the Atlanta pitcher on four balls. On four pitches. Wow. It's, uh, it's rare. But, you know, you saw, think about the the uh, the Kershaw game, right? The mm -hmm. um, Against the Rock or whatever it was. Um, against the Giants. When they just let up, right? You, you, as a pitcher, you can't let up because pitchers can still hit. So I think that in that situation, uh, he stayed focused. Like, hey, I'm in a bit of trouble here. I can't, I can't freak out and and take it easy and have this pitcher get on base. So he probably got a little bit too much juice there. Walked if it happens. Um, it's rare, no question. I mean, you you assume that a pitcher in the National League hitting is an instant out, but I'd rather see that than see him, you know, dial back a little bit and a pitcher get a hit kind of like what happened with Kershaw in San Francisco when uh, when that happened. I think that would upset a manager more than the four pitches. Whatever the case, you got a 20-year-old that's got that kind of bet. And really, he's one of the reasons why the Braves had such a good year. And I think when we talked about this series before it started, you know, we said, look, the one danger is these guys are too young and too dumb to know what they're in the middle of. And they just continue to play like they have been, swinging free and hitting home runs or grand slams in that case. 
because they just don't know no better when it comes to the pressure. Um, and I think that's kind of what you saw in that at bat last night. The uh, the Braves are definitely the worst team in the playoffs right now. Not that any team can't beat any team on any given day, but I mean they were really kind of the outside team in terms of odds, right? Well, I think now that the Rockies are eliminated, yeah, I would say the Rockies were a worse team than the Braves. Um, but you know, it's, look tonight they're going to throw their their ace, you know, Fulty, the guy that got lit up in Game One. But yeah. a lot of people said you could just see he had the jitters, he was nervous. Um, he's a lot better pitcher than that, so it's not going to be easy tonight. I mean, he is far and away the one starting pitcher they have that's that's you would you would say is a bona fide like legitimate playoff starting caliber or uh, playoff caliber starting pitcher. So I don't I don't watch a lot of down. I don't watch a lot of baseball as you know, but it seems to me like they the more they talk up a pitcher about how great he is, all of a sudden then they give him the ball and it just falls apart. It's, yeah, I mean that's. That, that's kind of, look, I hate to say it, but that's kind of been the situation with Kershaw in the postseason, right? I mean, he has been the best pitcher of his generation. And for whatever reason, in the postseason, first it was the Phillies, then it was the Cardinals. Uh, when he was younger, it just kind of got away from him. Now, to have that kind of performance in game two, where he throws eight innings, a shutout ball, doesn't walk anyone, um, you know, that's that's kind of what you expect, right? But if you go through his game logs in the postseason, that hasn't been the time. I mean, just go back to last year, right? The guy's, you know, got a four-run lead, and then he's got a lead in the fifth, and he gives up another three runs against the Astros in game five, and that ends up being the pivotal game and what cost them the World Series. It's just a different animal. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, God, I'm spitting out cliches. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they can talk about that, and, and your heart, I don't know what you can compare it to. I guess, you know what? Like when back in the day, and this is again totally unrelatable to your listening audience. All right. But when you guys first started inviting me on the air, you know, your heart starts pumping a little bit. You freak out when you see that microphone in front of you. And next thing you know, you're stumbling all over your words. I think it's just it's when you have those high pressure situations, it's hard to control well, your we, breathing, your heart rate. And yeah, and here I am today. We predicted <laughs> you would never make it in broadcasting. Look at us, right? <laughs> look, look at where you are today. All right, last question for you, Matt, because uh, I know you're very busy and, we've, and you're probably on your way to golf. We uh, always appreciate you sharing oh, your insight. There you. <laughs> I was thinking during that ninth inning last night, no outs, two men on, Muncie's up. It's 3-0, and I'm thinking there's no way the Dodgers don't win this, but that's the beauty of baseball is the tension on every single pitch was so exciting. He strikes out, next guy strikes out, next guy strikes out, game over, Atlanta squeaks by. How can somebody watch the top of the ninth inning last night and not be in love with the sport of baseball? Well, it's interesting you say that because I think the, the diehard Dodger fans watch that and they want to pull their hair out because you just think about what we grew up watching. It's like, okay, so Max Muncy's going to bunt these guys over to second and third. Machado's going to come up, make contact, sack fly one of them in, and we got a tie game. Maybe right. he gets a hit, and now we're up. You know, now the Dodgers are up by a run. But instead, you get three guys who are all capable home run hitters, right? And all three of them are just hacking away and strike out. And I think that's kind of what's changed about the game of baseball. Is it's become a strikeout home or run home game run. Yeah. as opposed to let's let's kind of manage our way through this, manufacture a run to tie it, and see if we can get this thing in three games in extras. All right. What time's, uh, what time's game four tonight, Dodgers-Braves? I don't know. One thirty. It's an afternoon game. It's one thirty. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a it's a twelve it's a twelve p.m. pregame. Uh, one thirty start. So we'll probably be on the air like six or seven o'clock to celebrate 
and hopefully get another video from Puig and our man David back saying. Absolutely. That was the greatest. Yeah. All right. AM, it was. AM 570 LA Sports for all your Dodger action. Matt, we love Can you. I Thanks so much. Being, yes, I please. Before of course. I, I, leave, I, just, I just wanted to acknowledge how much I enjoyed the interaction before you brought me on when you said to Kevin, so is Conor McGregor still your guy? And he said, absolutely. And you just went, okay. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> we moved on. <laughs> we moved on. That's, that's how we do. Thanks, Matt. I really enjoyed that. All right, guys. Thank you, Matt. Bye. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Guys, it's Monday. You know what that means? What? It's time for great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for Great News Today. Great News. There's enough bad news on the radio and on the television. So at least for five minutes a week, we like to bring you some great news. And there are some great people doing some awesome things. That uh, that hurricane is no longer Hurricane Florence, I guess it was, that battered the Carolinas. That's no longer front page news. But there are still people who are flooded out, who can't go back home. And what do you do with all those people? Well, you go to this guy. I said, come stay with me. Come stay at my house until you can go back to yours. It's not really a house, though. It's a big 70-room house. It really is. At least that's how it's been lately. Jarrett Hawks owns the Midtown Inn and Cottages, and throughout the flood, he has been open for business. Jarrett Hawks, nice to meet you. Or more like open for charity. We'll take care of him. He is letting anyone who is displaced by the storm stay at his hotel, his 70-room hotel in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for free. Wow. Wow, that's cool. It's unbelievable. He has given away a thousand nights already, which is about fifty thousand dollars worth of business. And he says, "Look, uh, you know, my mommy taught me, and it's in the Bible that you, uh, you know, you you help out people where you can." And uh, he's letting them bring their pets, even though he, he previously had a no pet policy. Uh, and just everyone is welcome. They are, as you can imagine, extremely grateful because what other options do they have? I don't know what we would have done, to be honest with you. I don't know where we would be right now. There's so many other ways you want to say thank you. There's no words to describe what it means to our family. And here's what's the most remarkable part about this great news story. So often this is the case where it kind of starts a domino effect when one person does a a nice thing. Mm -hmm. Other people heard about what he was doing, and then they started getting in contact with him saying, what can we do for these people? But even more important is the generosity he has inspired in others. People started running to me right away. How can I help? What can I do? They brought diapers, ice, and plenty of food. Anyone staying at the Midtown now gets three square meals a day. So people Whoa. show up to feed, people uh, bring sh- you know clothes for the kids and stuff like that. Uh, people come by and uh, and give free haircuts. Wow. Uh, you know, drop off toiletries, whatever it is that they need. It's just an unbelievable story. And uh, I, I just I can't believe how long it's been going on. This so often happens with these storms. You know, you think, oh, that, that one's done. But these people still can't go back. Their homes are flooded. I got to tell you, after um, doing our charity thing for the longest amount of time, Mm -hmm. you realize most people are pretty good and will help if they're just pointed in a direction. Yeah. So this guy opens up his hotel and lets people stay for free. And then everybody else goes, oh, I can help in this way. That's exactly what happened. And I love this guy. He's awesome. And that's uh, audio, audio courtesy of the CBS Evening News. And that's my great news. 
Uh, mine is uh, Florida State wide receiver Travis Rudolph makes fans for life by eating lunch with an autistic child. This is a strange story out of uh, Tallahassee because it's such a small thing, really, a tiny little thing that he did that made such a big difference. Ahead of number four, Florida State's game against number 11, Old Miss, a handful of Seminole players found time to help neighborhood children and parents. On Tuesday afternoon, the mother of a child of, on the autistic spectrum uh, posted a picture of SYU junior receiver Tra Travis Rudolph eating lunch with her son at Monford Middle School. Apparently, he went there to talk to the kids, say, hey, I, I play you know, football at FSU. And he saw this little kid just sitting there eating alone at mm. lunch. By so he invited him into his van? Nope. He said, I asked if I could sit next to him. And he said, sure, why not? Rudolph said Wednesday, it just felt like we had a great conversation. He started off. He was so open. He told me his name was Bo and how much he loves Florida State. And we went from there. He didn't even know this guy was a Florida State player at the beginning. Um, Rudolph said that Bo was a really warm person. Uh, he said, I was just a kid not too long ago. And I remember the impact of the guys that played in college and NFL coming up to us. And I feel like maybe I can change someone else's life or make somebody a better person or make them even better, a better person than me. That's what I want to do. And the mom of the little kid wrote, it's one of my daily questions for Bo. Who did you eat lunch with today? Because she knows mm. that her son a lot of times eats lunch alone. Um, and she said, I'm not sure exactly what made this incredibly kind man share a lunch table with my son, but I'm happy to say that it will not soon be forgotten. And I just thought that that was such a sweet, like, one-off. She happened, somebody else happened to take the picture. Yeah. And it was going to happen without the headlines and anybody mm -hmm. else knowing, but somebody snapped a picture and just saw that as a tiny little moment of kindness. How mean is the mom, though, to ask him every day? No, Seriously. Right? <laughs> I don't think she's rubbing it in. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, uh, sitting alone again today, loser? <laughs> I don't think that's how she has. <laughs> and that's my great news. I wanted to do a bit of a recap for my great news. Remember, um, about a month ago, I brought you the story of a woman that found out that there were 100 foster youth that would be going to UCLA. And she thought, you know what, these are kids that have, you know, somewhat aged out of that system. These are kids that never had a mom and dad that would take them to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy the sheets, buy the extension cords, buy everything you need to move into a dorm. So she set something up, um, her own website, teamsuster.com, and she basically wrote out what every single kid would need for their first day at UCLA. I mean, these kids made it into such a prestigious school first of all and then to go in there pretty much with nothing yeah why not make their first day as wonderful as possible you know luke robitaille and his wife stacia have that charity yes. echoes of hope and yeah. it, i didn't know until he started this charity or she started this charity that um you could age out you age out the foster home at 18 you're done it's so sad so maybe you just don't have any financing to go to school, even though they made it into UCLA. Exactly. So um, she set this up. I brought the story to you guys, the listeners. And this is basically a huge thank you to the listeners of Kevin and Bean because she wrote back and she said, we surpassed our goal. Your amazing listeners gave them every little thing they needed, plus some extras, some fun stuff like UCLA t-shirts, UCLA blankets, food gift cards. Basically, because of Kevin and Bean listeners and what wonderful other people that donated, 100 foster youth 
had everything they needed to move into their dorm rooms at UCLA. And the students were so appreciative. She said kids were saying, this is the first time I've been given anything. This is the Christmas morning I never had. I can't believe all of these strangers care about us so much to do this. But if you want to go to Team Suster, that's S-U-S-T-E-R dot com, you can see details and some of the photos of the kids on their first day at school with everything they need in their dorm room. So I just wanted to take a second to thank the Kevin and Bean listeners because you're pretty awesome and you show up when you need to and when you're asked to and it's a wonderful thing. Some of you are dicks. Agreed. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't just let it go that you're all wonderful. But sure. you are. You are wonderful. And that's my great news. It's the Kevin and Bean show, the world famous K-Rock. Look. Look, look, not not everything has to be on the radio alley. We could have some right? conversations off the air where it's not quite so embarrassing. Listen, when I saw a study that said only a third of Americans can pass a multiple choice U.S. citizenship test, I thought, oh, that's not good. And but- then when I heard if you're younger than 45, only 19 percent pass it. And you can't be surprised by that because, like everything else we learned in high school, we don't need to know this stuff after we t- take the test. Right, I'm with that guy. Okay. I mean, honestly, how how often do I mean? I don't even know what's on the citizenship test, but I assume it's things. <laughs> like, I assume it's things like who who becomes president if the president dies. You know, things like that. I mean, and who so- does, Kevin? The vice president. Very good. Thank you, everybody. Some of that stuff That's is one pretty, for me. Some of that stuff is pretty basic. Most of the stuff about the citizenship test, we would never, ever need to know because we're already citizens. That is true. Here's the thing. There are 100 civics questions on the test, and then there's an interview process where you're asked up to 10 questions, and you have to answer six of those correctly. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, it, it can get pretty tough. I want to ask you some questions and we'll just see how you fare. 1776. Very good. Now, yes. are we going to pool our answers? Or are we going to go back and forth? Or how do you want to do it? Oh, I like pooling. I, I think Kevin, <laughs> Kevin would do better with pooling. Yes. That way we can always use your answer and I win. Uh, Kevin, let's just, let's just start off easy. Let's ease you into it. Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. Who was the first U.S. president? George Washington. Very good. Boom! Suck it! Uh, slow down. Oh. <laughs> Why does the flag have 50 stars? 50 states. Kevin. Suck it! We elect a president for how many years? Four at a time, eight total. I mean, that wasn't even part of it, but yes. Suck it! Yes. Kevin, Kevin gets Why to stay in America, all- you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all the easy ones, though, Bean. We elect a senator for how many years? Bean, why don't you take this? <laughs> um, senators are six years. Senators are six years. Who is in charge of the executive branch? And I can give you four choices. Is it the president, the speaker of the house, the majority whip, or the chief justice? Stupid, the president. Very good. Suck it! Wow. Kevin, how many U.S. senators are there? Oh, no. Uh, senators. Are there 50? Not representatives. Are there 100? Are there 200 or 435? There are 100. Kevin. Right? (gasps) I didn't know it was multiple choice, by the way. No way he comes up with that if it's not multiple choice. (laughs) I think that's true. (laughs) Who was the president during World War II and the Great Depression? Uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Indeed it was. That's what I was going to say. Good. 
All right, here's where we now, start hold on getting... A sec. Hold on, <laughs> yes. you said World War II and the Great Depression. Those are two very right, different things. very different things. Woodrow Wilson was World War One. Herbert Hoover was the Great Depression. That's Franklin Roosevelt was, was World War Two. That's what I was thinking. That's confusing. Hmm. Back to you. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Well, no, Woodrow Wilson was during World War One, right? Right, that's what I said, yeah. Yeah. Franklin Roosevelt was World War II. Herbert Hoover was during the Depression. But nobody brought up World War II. The Depression didn't also involve Franklin Roosevelt? I mean, let's not argue about this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess, Ro- I yeah, guess Roosevelt yeah, would have been on so the ta- Maybe, the ta- maybe suck it. <laughs> the, sec- the second half of the depression. Listen. You got it right, for okay. God's sake. And this just in. Why are you arguing with me? I can throw you out of the country. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's insane. I All forgot right. about that. Here is where it gets interesting. Lincoln okay. Park Strategies conducted a poll surveying 1,000 American citizens. <laughs> Thank Among you. its findings... <laughs> of people didn't know which countries the United States fought in World War II. The clown posse. (laughs) Who did the U.S. fight in World War II? Uh, Japan and Germany. 100%. And a little bit of Italy? And Italy. Sure. Suck it! Okay, very good. 57% didn't know how many justices serve on the U.S. Supreme Court. Last week or this week? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes, we, we, we say nine. Very good. We agree, nine. Wow. You guys, slow we're, down. We're I mean, sta- we're staying, okay. right? 24%, that's it, only knew why the colonists fought the British. Why did we fight the British? To gain our independence? I mean, Kevin. Come on now. I how mean. Could, how I'm could, a freaking history book here. You, you really are. You really are. This is concerning. <laughs> Um, 72% of respondents didn't know or misidentified which states were part of the 13 original states. I mean, are you asking me to name them all? Yes. Oh, I can't do that. I can't name them all. But I mean, I know there was, you know, New York York. and Rhode Island. Rhode Island. And uh, New Jersey. Jersey. You're just naming it after Kevin. You're just not (laughs) doing anything. I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, Virginia, Virginia and, and uh, Maryland. Maryland. Is Maryland a, one of the original It 13s? is indeed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many? How many more are there? Uh, I think that's one, it. One, two, three. Oh. Oh. Um, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yes. Sure. Vermont. Vermont. Yes. I was just going to say. Wait. I don't think Vermont's Vermont is not one. Okay. We take that. Uh, Delaware. Delaware is one. Mm, you have right. left one off. They make people name all 13 of these? Wow, that's a lot. That's difficult. I, uh, California. Or Pennsylvania. No. Delaware. Which one did I miss? Alex? About you missed circuit. South Carolina. South Carolina. South oh, Carolina. Just, I, was I, thinking would, that. I would not have thought that at all. So North Carolina, no? North Carolina as well. Thank oh, you. Right I didn't in say there. that one either. So, nope. Okay. So you were right. two off. No big so deal. I, I, uh, I cut it off at See Virginia. Ya. I didn't realize it. <laughs> Move back realize, to London, sir. I, I didn't realize it went south of that. Okay. All right. I fail. Well, no, not at all. Not at all. Um. Two percent did say that climate change was the cause of the Cold War. That, oh, that no. is that is incorrect. That's you guys. incorrect. Can you name just one of the main causes of the Cold War? I mean, I think it was nuclear uh, weapons. Yeah, nuclear weapons, fear of communist attack. 
Russia's actions or USSR's actions in the Soviet zone of Germany. Wasn't going to come up with that. All <laughs> sorts of different things. I am not going to lie. Bean and I are staying. USA! Right? Well, right? One more. One more. USA! One, one more. We just finished. That's it. Kevin, who's the current chief justice? Oh, I know this one. Who's the current chief justice? <laughs> how many? How many? Um, Nine. Yes. Okay. okay. And who's who's the chief justice? Um, D's nuts. <laughs> Indeed. Which is also a name for John Roberts. So I would, I would never say, have gotten that in a million years. I would say Kevin. Right. You shocked me. How quite frankly. dare you? You shocked yourself. I did, yeah. A little bit. So congratulations. <laughs> you guys can stay. We're citizens. Yay. We're citizens. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. None of you guys bought the fight? Oh, uh, I did. I bought the fight. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, I, I did was, yeah. not buy the fight, and I'm glad I didn't. I know I'm alone on this, but I don't like uh, fights in hockey. I don't like fights in baseball. I don't like fights in fights. Well, that's you. That's dumb. What? This <laughs> is your segment, then. <laughs> no, I want to see a great UFC fight, which didn't happen. It at did the top, happen. Top of the card. It did uh, happen. Yeah. It did happen. You that thought was a it was a great fight. fight? Yes, really? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I hate what happened afterwards. I I believe in sportsmanship. And I, I hate it. <laughs> I do. Even in the UFC, I think that there are rules and of course there are, there are standards of behavior. Of course, and I think there are. this is completely unacceptable. Of course. And if I worked for the UFC, that's exactly what my opinion would be. But I don't. As a fan, you but just that's the fake dug opinion. the hell out of it. That's what they're telling you on the television. They love this. I think this so, is, too. This mm-hmm. is how you sell fights. This is WWE, which Dana White clearly has always been influenced by. He loves the throwing of the chair. He loves running. I mean, this is all part of a big scheme. All right, let's set up what happened for folks who didn't see it. All right, Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, About right, yeah. And they have been at each other for years. Yeah. For years before this fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it got super personal. He was talking about Habib's family and religion and Mm -hmm. Russians and everything, every possible way you could step over the line, Connor did. Well, he was trying to start a war between Ireland and Russia. And he (laughs) he he almost succeeded, yes. (laughs) So this was all leading up to the fight. And... Habib has been saying this whole time, look, I'll fight Connor anywhere, anytime. Just tell me where. I'm in Brooklyn right now. Tell me where to fight. I'll fight him. So he's a little crazy. I was surprised that he fought so well being so emotionally out of control. Yeah. Because usually that hurts you. Yeah. he. I mean, that's what Connor wanted. He wanted to get yes. his head that way for since like 2015. Yes. He's been working on it. It's a long con, and uh, it did not pay so off. So Habib uh, fought him and beat him, choked yeah. him out. Yeah. And Connor was just sitting in the corner, and then Habib just went crazy. Here's some of the audio. There's the tap! Still undisputed! Habib Nurmagomedov has finished Connor McGregor tonight! Look at him. Now, now, right there, Joe Rogan notices. Look at him, he says, mm-hmm. because Habib is going crazy, and he's pointing over into the crowd. It was like, what's happening? Look at him screaming at the corner. He's screaming at Dylan Dennis, Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach. Okay, so he's screaming at Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach, and then goes past the big fat guy in the in the red jacket. A security guard. And jumps off the cage and into the crowd to attack him. Imagine how tough you have to be to start a fight after a fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With a with a jiu-jitsu coach. Yeah, with a tougher guy, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and no, now no, Khabib no, jumps no, the no, fence. No, no, no. Whoa! No. 
Now, he says mayhem. It was mayhem. He Spider-Man jumped, like, <laughs> into the, like, with webs out of his hands into the crowd. And well, I, you said WWE. That's exactly what it looked it like. It exactly. looked like that fight in the crowd. It looked like. I don't know, but it looked like there were a hundred people brawling. Yep. I mean, it just looked that bad. Oh, no. Total chaos here. It looks like UFC security has corralled Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh! Okay, so now somebody else, one of the friends of Habib, jumps into the ring and hits Conor McGregor from behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now one of Nurmagomedov's teammates throws a right-handed Conor. All hell has broken loose. Now it's in the crowd there's fighting and in the ring there's fighting. This is crazy. This is not something we're going to like, nothing we're going to condone. It's not something we want to promote. This is not professionalism, but it is a fight game to this an is, extent. This is horrible. It can get nasty. It's just this is not, the nastiest I've ever seen. Yeah, this, this is, is not how you want it to be horrible. in this sport. This is not how we want to Khabib represent ourselves. jumping out of the octagon like that and attacking someone in the crowd. And I think... One, I mean, that is so stupid and so unnecessary and so foolish. And one of Khabib's teammates, I believe Zubair Tahugov, landed a right-hand flush on Conor McGregor in there. This is going to stain an incredible performance for Khabib Nurmagomedov and out of character for him, too. Yeah, this is not the way you want to represent the sport here. I mean, this is just crazy. It's a habit. It was insane. By the way, his not name is Khabib. Sorry. Not the way you want to represent the sport. Did any of them say that about Connor leading up to this? Between the throwing the dolly at the bus, between the trying to kick him during weigh-ins. They are so on Connor's D. It is unbelievable to me. This is all Connor's doing. All of this. He inflamed it. I mean, Absolutely. he did inflame it. But that doesn't mean Habib should jump out of the ring. I mean, come on. Here's the thing. Both of them are to blame. If anything goes before a fight, then anything goes in a fight, anything should go after a fight. My disappointment is immeasurable. (laughs) And my day is ruined. (laughs) I will also say, I think think what we're missing is that this entire culture is surrounding this kind of aggression. It is. It, this is what they want to happen. I, I I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like this makes us talk about it. Like if oh, it was just oh, if, they love this. If the for fight sure. was an easy win, which it technically was for Abib, mm-hmm. like th- we wouldn't be speaking about it. And now it now it's another. They could get a rematch, and in real life, none of us cared until the end of it. What That's um, true. until after the fight? Yeah. The Nevada State Athletic Commission is investigating. Dana has withheld the purse for the yep. winner, right? Mm-hmm. The $2 million he's not going to get until that investigation is done. And that he may be banned, right, from the UFC. He could be stripped of his title. He could lose his visa and access to the United States or face criminal charges. And President uh, Dana White said that three members of Nurmagomedov's entourage were arrested that night. And those so. and those two other guys that jumped in and started it up with Cotter after the fight are also UFC fighters, and Dana swears they will never fight in the UFC again as well. But all of that is overshadowing what might be the greatest moment in sports, and that's heavyweight Derek Lewis. I love him A so genius. much. Uh, this was earlier in the night before all of this uh, uh, took over the attention. And Derek Lewis is a giant black man, mm-hmm. and... Doesn't really look like he's in shape. Not at all. He's exhausted. <laughs> he gets beat up every time he's out there, but he's got enough power in one punch that he can knock someone out with one punch. So he's basically getting beaten all three rounds until maybe 10 seconds left. One punch knocks the guy out, wins the fight, and then 
for some reason, takes off his pants. And the greatest interview in the history of sports happens with Joe Rogan and heavyweight Jerry uh, Derek Lewis. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> Joe's completely understands it and moves on right there. That's the best. That's, I mean, that's our generation's Maya Angelou. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. I understand. What you just did was absolutely phenomenal. I told them, boys, you know, they keep underestimating me. I ain't all that technical and all that, but I'm getting there. You were looking for that big haymaker all night. You found it in the last minute of the fight. Talk us through this, Derek. I forgot a few hours before the fight, Donald Trump called me. Okay, all right, hold on just a second. I forgot a few hours before the fight, Donald Trump called me. This dude is crazy and funny as hell. I forgot a few hours before the fight, Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian motherfucker out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin and what they're talking about, USA and his whole. <laughs> Listen, Derek, that made no sense whatsoever. In this hope. You came into this fight, the number two contender with that knockout. You're absolutely one of the top guys in line for a shot at the title next. So tell us what you think about that. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. <laughs> what you talking about right now? I ain't trying to fight for no title right now. Don't have no gas tank like that. I got to tell you, it's the first time I've ever heard a fighter say, I want a title shot. Not say that, I mean. Uh -huh. yeah. He like, literally no. said, no, 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 no. It's a little early. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Derek, thank you very much for a really, really entertaining fight. Thanks for having me. Hey, maybe next week or sometime or two weeks from now, I'm going to come on your show and smoke some weed with you. Anytime, sir. Anytime. I don't feel like that's going to help his cardio much, but. No. Joe Rogan treating it like it's a Frost Nixon is also my favorite thing. That was fantastic. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Allie's here first. What's happening? Will Idris Elba ever be James Bond? Hope so. It's a question that, you know, we keep asking, and then he's like, nope. And we're like, all right, for now. We know this. James Bond will never be a woman. Stop dreaming. In a new interview with The Guardian, longtime James Bond executive producer Barbara Broccoli said that 007 isn't a woman, and that's that. Here's her quote. Bond is male. He's a male character. He was written as a male, and I think he'll probably stay a male. Let's just create more female characters and make that story fit those female characters. It was written in the 50s, so there's certain things in Bond's DNA that are probably not going to change. I feel like you said probably there twice, though, Barbara Broccoli. If you're going to say it, say it. Well, she's not going to live forever. The franchise will probably continue on without her. Um, I'm fine with James Bond remaining a male. There's nothing wrong with that character always being male. But I will say, for 50 years, people said Doctor Who could only be a man. That is true. Wasn't that premiere last night? It sure was. Did you watch it? I sure did. What'd you think? Very entertaining. Well, she's a great actress. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a great actress. It was uh, Jodie Whittaker's debut as the new doctor, and it was a really fun show. But women, I mean, women can't even be doctors. So it's like yeah, none of this makes sense to me. Very confusing. What if James Bond had a daughter named Jamie Bond, <laughs> and that's how they do it? I mean, it's a stretch, right? but all It's right. a stretch. Okay. It's a stretch. I don't hate it. I mean, I, uh, James Bond is, 
you know, I'm speaking from a Bond enthusiast sure. right. standpoint. Someone expert, who has yeah. seen multiple James Bond movies. And by multiple, she means two. Recently. Here's the thing. He's the quintessential, quintessential dude. Yeah. He's just this dude that treats women like crap. He just has sex with women, discards them, smacks them on the butt. That's it. That's James Bond. That's who he is. We make James Bond a woman. That's not James Bond anymore. Thank you. So feel free to email me, <laughs> Allie at K-Rock. All you angry women that say I'm not sticking up for you. I don't want to see a female James Bond. I don't want to see it. You don't have to do that with every character that there is. She's right. You make don't. new characters. You don't. You guys. And make them female. That's great. James's daughter, Jamie. I mean, I I'm not going with that necessarily. You. I mean, come on. Kevin, horrible news. Oh. Scott Wilson, veteran actor who played Herschel Green on The Walking mm. Dead, passed away at the age of 76. Yeah, I saw. It was like three, four seasons ago? Three seasons ago? He uh, died? His last... He died. No, in real life, he died. Right. I mean, the guy that owned the farm where they were? Yeah. But yeah. In, in real life, he died, yeah, is like what I'm saying. three, four years ago. <laughs> no, Herschel... No, <laughs> right? the guy no, that... that played Herschel Green... Who Herschel, was last the, on in 2014. Guy with one leg. Yes. Yeah, Scott, Scott Wilson, the it's a veterinarian, actor. Yes. Yeah, like three years ago. No, he hasn't, he been, on, he hasn't been on Jesus. for like three years. Okay. okay. What's right. wrong oh. with you guys? All right. Herschel I, on the show died three years ago. Right. The That's actor what I'm who saying. played Herschel, Scott Wilson, we... unfortunately passed away this weekend. I'm still talking about this. <laughs> That's a very fitting tribute <laughs> to a fine actor. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Good Lord. Um, uh, Taylor Swift <gasps> never wades into the political circus, Nightmare. dare I yeah. say. Um, and she's gotten a lot of flack for that over the years because people think you have such a huge fan base and such a young fan base to get people interested in politics or voting would probably be a great thing. I feel like that's 50-50. Like, everybody yeah. wants them to say something and then the rest of the people don't want them to well, say anything Well, it depends on politics. if you agree with her yeah, or not. Pop that's star Taylor Swift is the latest in a long line of celebrities oh. peddling death. I'm well, sorry, she's peddling death, is she? Apparently so, yes. <laughs> so in an Instagram post just yesterday, she announced that she's going to be backing Tennessee Democrats Phil Bresden for Senate and Jim Cooper for House of Representatives. She states that she's been reluctant to publicly voice her political opinions, but she, quote, feels differently about that now due to several events in my life and in the world in the past two years. So she outlines in this Instagram post the reasons that she can't support the Republican Senate candidate in Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. And people were losing their minds. First, that she even came out and said it. Then that she listed all the reasons. And she has 112 million followers on Instagram. Look, as Tay-Tay goes, so, sure. so the government goes. I'm saying, here's the thing. Uh, it instantly was on NBC News, Fox News, CNN. It was like... Boom, all these bullet points. It was insane how her just stating her opinion somehow was the most breaking news story of the day. Now, may I play devil's advocate to this story? Sure. For oh, dear sure. Lord. What? What, sure, you think go ahead. what do you think? I don't know, say? but you love her and you're going to defend her no matter what. Uh, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. I'm giving you the other side. All right. 
The other side is, oh, yeah, now Taylor has something to say now that she just this weekend finished her uh, U.S. tour. Now that she's sold tickets to all of those Republicans that she is now turning against, now she's brave enough to say something. Where was she before when it would have mattered in her pocketbook? Mm, Interesting. Good point. But midterms, other, other midterms are coming up. It's a, it right. makes sense. And it makes sense as a woman, if she's really feeling these things, it's been a tough couple weeks for ladies. No, it really has. And and I and I don't have any problem with what she said. I'm just saying that it has been politicized already. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, you just sold out two stadiums in Texas this weekend. You wouldn't have said that ahead of those shows when you were still trying to get us to buy tickets. Everything is politicized. Yeah. That's very Everything. that's the problem. Yeah. Listen, register and vote. That's it. Yes. Whatever and I believe want. we Whatever only have in California till October twenty second. And even if you think you're registered to vote, go online and check. Sometimes your name's just missing all of a sudden. It's not a good situation. <laughs> But here's the thing: if um, if Republicans do start like tearing up their tickets, uh, come on, guys, you already <laughs> bought those. I just want to. I just want to just let but you know. But you can own the libs if you deprive yourself of a great concert because of what the person said. Well, we're talking about Taylor first of all. So right? slow down on the great. Uh, right. But- <gasps> Boom. Hey, some birthdays for you: Nick Cannon, Bella Thorne, Bruno Mars, Matt Damon, Chevy Chase, and. I will never forget the day when, Kevin, you explained Rallycross. Come on now. Hit it. And now, it's time for a moment with Kevin. That's so crazy. The the dirt's so slippery, then you hit the pavement. Sometimes that's more sticky, sometimes it's slipperier. But there are some good accidents happen in this. And and not just with cars on cars. You hit, uh, you know, posts or something else. And it seems like avoiding that is the bi- the biggest key to winning that race. <laughs> that was a moment with Kevin. <laughs> oh, Straight filibuster. Wow. Travis Pastrana, you listened to that and you didn't... I'm not it, sure he was still on the phone. He might have hung up. No, I believe so, yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, this guy just keeps talking. Why? <laughs> Happy birthday, Travis. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Andrew Siciliano, when the when the Browns win a game, you've never seen a happier person in the whole world. It, the video that you guys posted yesterday from the uh, DirecTV Red Zone uh, uh, channel was awesome, Andrew. Uh, good morning, guys. Sometimes <laughs> I should remember that there are cameras filming the faces that I make and recording the the silly screams. Yeah. I love that you're one of those fans, though, who thinks that the players on the field can hear you. You got to throw the ball. You yeah. got to throw the ball. No, you got to no, throw no, the no. ball. See, what I was actually, you're, you're, you're like, everyone thinks that I actually wanted them to throw a flag. I said, now you've got to throw a flag. It doesn't matter who you're talking to, they can't hear you. <laughs> you shut it. <laughs> Come on. All right, Andrew, enjoy this. You, you, you know oh, I'm sorry. We were wrong about who you were yelling at. Yell. <laughs> they can hear you. Andrew uh, joins us every Monday morning. He's the host of the NFL Network's Up to the Minute and DirecTV's Red Zone channel. And so he sees every game all the time, always. And we got a lot to talk about. And let's get through it and start with the Rams. A far closer and more entertaining game than we had to expect. I don't know what the line was on that game, but I thought the, Se- the Seahawks were going to go in there and lose by like 24 or something. Yeah. And it ended up going down to the last minute. Yeah, a couple of things. The the Seahawks' pass defense has been better. Granted, you know those those numbers mostly were with Earl Thomas. Now they're without Earl Thomas. The Rams have had trouble stopping the run. 
And the Seahawks kind of ran it right at them and were more physical, which at times was disconcerting for that Rams defense. The other thing is, too, um, and this has nothing to do with the Rams defense. You know, the Rams lose Brandon Cooks. That's his second concussion in like nine or ten months. Remember, yeah. he had one in the Super Bowl as well. They lost Cooper Cup. He has a concussion, too. Um, they, they, it was not easy. Yet at the end, they still won and they still scored 30 points again for the fifth consecutive game. Is that a record? Absurd. Is that a record over 30 points for five games in a row? Yeah, I don't know. It's not a record, but it, the, the three of the previous five teams that have done it have made it to the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Rams fan, that's for sure. And it was so fascinating to me when it came down to the end of the game and they brought out the kicker and it looked like they were going to give Seattle the ball back with a minute and a half to go. Pete Carroll calls a timeout and then Sean McVay changes his mind and decides to go for it on fourth and inches and gets it and ends the game. I want to know why. Because yeah. he's Sean McBay. <laughs> I got to tell a... you, I've never been happier about a call. It's gutsy. Mm-hmm. It was it's, gutsy. It's really, really questionable because mm-hmm. if it goes the wrong way, you get a lot of criticism. And Pete Carroll knows about so those many... calls. <laughs> yeah, no what? kidding. There, there, are, there are so many ways to unpack this. Number one, once Pete burned the timeout, that was his last time. I didn't make no sense why he took the timeout. McVay, I think, had the attitude, well, the heck with him. Let's end it. It's only six inches. Just go. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterback sneak. Um, it should have never been in that position on first down on that possession, on that series, actually, um, or that set of downs. Todd Gurley ran for a first down. They didn't stop the clock and look at it. He clearly had a first down. They should have never t- never taken Gurley's touchdown off the board earlier in the game. David Moore had a touchdown in which he stepped out of bounds for the Seahawks. I, I mean, there were so many calls that just make you want to kick something. And by the way, they did not have a video of me screaming at the Rams game. That's too bad. Not nearly as bad as the Browns. Okay. But there, there were some calls in that game. Regardless, but Tom McVay he, said, to heck with it, I'm going for it. And it's what Jason Gary didn't do in overtime last night, which has Jerry Jones openly questioning his coach in Dallas this morning. Oh, interesting. Comfy. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the Chargers real quick. The Chargers won. They look good. This was another situation. It's funny you talk about Pete Carroll. They had the opportunity to give Marshawn Lynch the ball on the one and decided uh, Derek Carr decided to throw it instead and got intercepted for the Raiders. That what? didn't help. Yes, that's yeah. crazy. When, I mean, how at, this, how at this point can you not <laughs> always give the ball to Marshawn on the one? <laughs> Even and if it's not going to work and you know it's not going to work, you hand it to him. Right. Well, th- there's two parts to this. Number one, you should give it to him. Number two, the pass was just oof. I mean, like it, it, Twitter blew up with smart football people saying, what is he doing there? And the he wasn't the play call. The he was the throw. Uh-huh. So I'm not suggesting that. John Gruden is going to bench Derek Carr later in the season. But, you know, John Gruden is really, really, really good at taking subtle shots at people on the podium. And if you read between the lines, the stuff he's saying, it is it is uncomfortable about his quarterback. Okay, all right. Um, Besides officiating, the thing everybody was talking about, including you on the red zone, is what was going on with the kickers. I mean, there's no reason that one kicker having a bad day should affect anybody else, but it seemed like all over the league, kickers were missing everywhere, and no one more so than Mason Crosby for the Packers, right? He he missed five, and he's good. I mean, he's he's got great hair. I'm sorry, he missed five. 
he missed five. I'd like to just put yeah, it out there that I could play and miss five. No, <laughs> I he missed five. But now, now, let's say this. The Rams and Chargers both won despite missing kicks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yay to them. The Chargers, I'm sorry, the, the Packers win the game with half those kicks made. Yeah. Yep. And now three of them were like 30, 40, whatever. They're makeable, but they're long. One of them was 55, so, so give him some slack on that. He missed a couple of extra points, though, as well. Um, it was the worst individual day for a kicker I have ever seen in the NFL, period. And it wasn't for a bum. It was for a reliable pillar of the Green Bay community. Yeah, he was like 10 like, for 11 going into that game or something, right? I mean, he, he's been around. Yes, he's, he's been around right. forever. He is reliable. I mean, that the, he uh, is the kicker you rely on, and I'm, they lost the game because of him. I'm with Bean in that it doesn't make sense that it seems like there's so many kicking issues this year on mm-hmm. all different teams. I mean, you'd think it would be one team, or or and that's all. But it seems like this entire year has been a nightmare for kickers. Yeah, it's not your. It is, and and look, the Browns have cut their kicker. The Vikings have cut their kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that the same week. But my brother made the point yesterday, and I don't know that he's right, but it's something to think about. He said, "Well, when you keep cutting kickers, maybe kickers go out there now thinking if I miss, I'm going to get fired." Oh, interesting. Because the Rams, the, been the, case. the Rams I, cut I their know. kicker two weeks ago too. Remember? They did, but he was the backup kicker who's in for their reliable kicker, and so now they're on their third kicker while they wait for their reliable kicker to get healthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more thing on kicking, and that is we have to give it up to Graham uh, Gano. Is it for the Panthers? The Gano. Gano. Okay, the biggest game-winning kick ever. Did I hear somebody say that yesterday? Yeah, it was sixty-three yards. It's sixty-three. It tied a record for the longest game-winning kick. It was one yard off the longest kick of all time. That's unbelievable, so isn't it? He, he, it was. He, I don't think he had hit anything close to that either. How many? How many kickers in the league, if you set them up, could hit sixty-three yards, Andrew? In practice, all of them. Is that really? Right? Oh wow! I, I bet you in practice. Again, let me take that back. I'd say two thirds can do it. In practice, mm-hmm. I would say five could do it in a game. I mean, there had to be something about that kicker that the coach thought, I'm going to put my field goal kicker out there at 63 yards. He didn't have many other options. Right, exactly, yeah. Your Either face. that or just throw it up. Right. And I don't think any well, – here, here, here's the thing. It was going to go in from 70. I mean, it's not like it barely got over. It was a cannon shot. That's amazing. When it came off his foot, I mean, granted, from TV, look, it it could always fall short, right? When you see the camera from behind the goalpost and off his foot, oh, that's good. Yeah, it could just die in the wind or it wasn't windy. Off his foot, it looked good, and it, it was halfway up the net. It was absurd. That's astonishing. Well, it was a very exciting weekend of NFL action, Andrew. And as usual, you did a tremendous job over there on DirecTV's Red Zone channel. Enjoy your day off, and we'll look for you the rest of the week as the host of the NFL Up to the Minute. Thanks for coming on, man. You guys are too nice. You know that, right? Sure. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. All right, time for a final look at what's happening here on a Monday Kevin and Bean Show. Good morning, Allie. Good morning. Well, the rumors came true. In the final hour of Cal Jam on Saturday, Dave Grohl was back behind the drum kit, closing out the second year of his annual rock festival with a six-song Nirvana reunion. Yay! Reunion not included. 
Well, I mean, it was Pat Smear. Mm-hmm. And it was Dave Grohl. Check. And Chris Novoselic. Right. Correct. Good. And, and who's that other guy? Well, he was not going to make it. Oh, not okay. Uh, late? Kurt was not uh, very late. Late, okay. Yes, Kurt was not going to make it. But they did have uh, Deer Ticks, John McCauley, on stage. He was joined by them and did the song Serve the Servants, as well as kind of some deeper cuts. So they did Serve the Servants, Scentless uh, Apprentice, In Bloom, and he sang them, and he was amazing. Is that right? People were losing their minds with that. Chip, you were there. That was good. It was awesome. Oh, sweet. Yeah, his voice is incredible. Then for the final three Nirvana tunes, they were joined on stage by Joan Jett. And they kicked that off with Breed. And then they did this one. We have video of that on uh, Kevin and Bean Instagram, at Kevin and Bean. Excellent. So did some Smells Like Teen Spirit, and then the night closed with Joan Jett leading them through all apologies. Sounds like that dude, whoever he is, is over drumming, right? Wow. <laughs> that animal from Muppets? Right, who's wow. with me? <laughs> I, know, I know this is, uh, we, we talked about earlier how this is the uh, the summer of uh, great documentaries. I still haven't gotten to the Joan Jett documentary, which I hear is wonderful as well. That's out now. I haven't it's, seen it. What is it called? Uh, I don't recall. Reputation. Uh, there reputation. it is, Reputation, yeah. Uh, do you guys remember Puddle of Mud? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. sure. That guy sounded just like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's easy to S on Puddle of Mud because they weren't good, and I stand by them not being good. Right. Mm-hmm. But that dude sounded just like Kurt, hmm. like really? karaoke. Yes. I never noticed mm. that before. Yeah. He sounded- the blurry guy. The what? The blurry guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Everyone's blurry to me. I don't know where my glasses are. <laughs> but, but I do genuinely stand by the idea that if, if Nirvana reunited and the crappy dude from Puddle of Mud sang... Close your eyes. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Is that the the guy that's had some issues? Oh, I mean, I would assume so. He came, yeah, he was signed by Fred Durst, so that's enough to me to assume that you have issues. But yeah. But is he the one that had, like, a lot of issues? Yeah, I think. I'm just guessing, Breakdown on stage and stuff, yeah. Okay. Yes, Allie. Put him in Nirvana. Is he the one that... Can't go worse than the first singer. (laughs) Ooh. All right. Welcome to the show. That was Jensen, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Jensen. It's official now. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Uh, Do you guys remember hearing about this Barbie movie back in the day? And by back in the day, 2014, Mattel announced that they were um, partnering with a major studio for a film based on the popular doll. At one point, Amy Schumer was supposed to play Barbie. Mm -hmm. Then she dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. And due to the fact that it was a terrible idea for a movie. And then Anne Hathaway stepped in. And then the release date moved from August 8th of this year. And now it's moved to May 8th of 2020. And then it stalled again. They're not giving up, guys. No, no. Because now Margot Robbie is in talks to produce and star in what they're calling the long-awaited Barbie movie. Is anyone <laughs> waiting for this? I don't think so. No. No. Maybe just say say we're done with it and move on. No? 
And I'm going to tell you something else. You could probably speak to this more than I could, Allie, but I feel like we're getting to a turning point in society with sexualizing little kids and, and what they know about women and their bodies that a Barbie is not going to be an acceptable gift for a kid anymore pretty soon here. I get that, but I think the point of the movie, at least when Amy Schumer was supposed mm-hmm. to be in it, was how she didn't fit in in the Barbie world. So she was kind of doing her own thing. That was kind of the unique spin on the movie because everyone was like, she can't play Barbie. She's not thin. And then she took that idea probably, and that's probably what ended up making that I model movie. I see yeah. what you did. You're saying she stole stuff. I can't wait for that movie. You can't? The Barbie movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a weirdo. I don't know who is long awaited by. <laughs> so weird. Did you guys see the video between dude from uh, Insane Clown Posse oh, and Fred yeah. Durst? Hell yeah. This is my UFC. <laughs> it is, I'm ready uh, for this. It <laughs> is very odd. Shaggy too dope. Yep. Attempted to take a running leap at Limp Biscuit frontman Fred Durst. He's come up twice. <laughs> mid mid show, he tried to take a running leap and and missed him. He did technically a drop kick. Yeah, but yeah. made no didn't really connect. No connection. Is that a drop kick? Is this a drop then? Yeah, just a, he just a, dropped. Yeah. yeah, it's a jump. Yeah. Hmm. In what he claimed was a prank, according to multi- multiple reports, but. They posted it online, and Fred Durst wrote, What a pee. Couldn't even pull it off. What is happening on this stage that if he did pull it off, he kills Fred Durst, essentially. <laughs> I have a better question. Fred Durst is still performing? And well, technically yes. headlining if he went last, yeah, right? Yeah, this was Saturday's Rock Allegiance Festival in New Jersey. That makes sense. What's happening in New Jersey, right? Mm. By the way, uh, I'm I'm all about Shaggy too dope in mm-hmm. that battle. Like, okay, so you have him in ICP? Oh, by far. Yeah, if you want to dropkick Fred Durst, right. I'm, I pledge allegiance, <laughs> rock allegiance to you. Were they in some sort of beef before? Well, or? I don't think so. I mean, I would doubt it. I mean, other than being two guys that would play rock allegiance in New Jersey. <laughs> True. That's their real similarity. I don't know. Maybe cut in front of them at catering. Something, yeah. something went down. Yeah, I got an argument at a Cracker Barrel. You never know. You I never do love, know. I do love the Juggalos, though, don't you? Yes. Whoop, whoop. I adore them. I'll tell you what. When a Juggalo and a Juggalette is someone who's down with the clown until they're dead in the ground. I mean, I absolutely am down with the clown until I'm dead in the ground. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Family. <sighs> we love Justin Long. Yep. Is that a story? That's or, it. Or Some birthdays for you. No. He's, uh, he's headed to the small screen with a reoccurring role on ABC's upcoming Roseanne spinoff, The Connors. According to Deadline, he's going to play Neil, a love interest for Sarah Gilbert, Gilbert's character, Darlene. I just said Gilbert. You did. Like I'm from Massachusetts or something. Sarah Gilbert. Don't be ridiculous. That's crazy talk, you guys. You want some birthdays? Sure. Great. Chevy Chase, happy birthday. Yeah. Matt Damon, Nick Cannon, Bella Thorne, Bruno Mars. And when Travis Pastrana came in, the way that you explained Rally Cross was a thing of beauty. And why was I explaining it to him? No idea. And now it's time for a moment with Kevin. That's so crazy. The the dirt's so slippery, then you hit the pavement. Sometimes that's more sticky, sometimes it's slipperier. But there are uh, uh, some good accidents happen in this and and not just with cars on cars you hit uh you know posts or something else and it seems like avoiding that is the bi- the biggest key to winning that race well that done. was a moment 
with Kevin. I'm not even positive he was still on the phone at that point. <laughs> Kevin's explaining. He may have been gone. Absolute pure Thank genius. You. Yes. Thank you, sir. Fabulous. Thank you. Stand up and applaud. Thank you. This one is top of the charts. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ah, Thank you. That all. is exquisite. Thank you. That is orgasmic. Mozart like it it's just pure perfection. All right. Beautiful. No. All the chemicals no. are bubbling <laughs> and all the equation comes out right no. in the end. All right. Sounds like you enjoyed it. There were like three or four times you could have stopped in there. Can I we mean, hear it again? I could have taken a lunch. Let's let's do it. <laughs> and now so it's time for a moment with Kevin. That's so crazy. The the dirt's so slippery, then you hit the pavement. Sometimes that's more sticky, sometimes it's slipperier. <laughs> but there are uh, uh, some good accidents happen in this. And and not just with cars on cars. You hit, uh, you know, posts or something else. And it seems like avoiding that is the bi- the biggest key to winning that race. That right? was a moment with Kevin. I stand by that. Yeah, you should. So many outs. <laughs> a gift from the gods. that in a bullfighter with no nick. Okay, take it easy. Well said, Kevin. Oh, that's what's happening. Heartbreak turns into sheer delight. Uh, okay. Orgasmic jubilation. Okay. All right. Absolutely okay. breathtaking. Yep. Uh, on your drive home. As electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub, my friend. All right. All right. On your drive home today. Heroic stuff. <laughs> On your drive home. Oh, you see those tears? Look at them. Teardrops the size of pineapple chunks. On your drive home today, listen. Uh, like Betamax. They do not make them like him anymore. Listen to the commercial-free 5... Oh, man, is there going to be some loving going on tonight? The commercial-free 5 p.m. hour. I want to be like him. A random act of helpfulness. That's not human. The- and it is not. So it cow- is superhuman. From the SoCal Helpful Honda Dealers. Uh-huh. It's perfection! <laughs> wow. That was good. That's fine. Uh, tomorrow, people are dumb, oddly enough. Hosted mm. by me. Oh. Uh, Shabo in studio as well, talking about System of a Down. By the uh, way, let me just say, this yes. is a huge, huge interview because Shavo apparently is introducing his new strain of weed that he wants to tell us about. All mm-hmm. right. So thanks to Shavo, you're going to be able to legally buy pot in California, is my read on this. So my all, take all on... hail Shavo. Well, I mean, depending on whether he brings samples. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair mm-hmm. enough. That's fair. Uh, and also tomorrow is uh, Tuesday, Bloody Tuesday. It's our blood drive tomorrow at Hollywood Park Casino, hosted by Brad Williams and Beer Mug. It's from 5.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. We've got tons of prizes just for coming down and giving blood. And that is tomorrow morning on an all-new Kevin and Bean show. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.